When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I am Ryan Bonaparte. That's right. Casey Bartley is not here. Uh, we recorded a final podcast last week, or at the end of this week, beginning of this week, actually. And uh, Casey, unfortunately, had some recording problems, so only his audio recorded. Uh, and it would have just been a podcast of him talking to himself. And so, unfortunately, you didn't get to hear the final episode Casey and I had together. Casey is now writing at the Rivals uh, website for Purdue, uh, Boiler Depot. He's one of their featured writers over there covering Purdue basketball mainly. So definitely head on over there, give him a read, give their uh, subscription numbers a nice bump. But, you know, we're sad to see him go. But uh, for now, Ryan has stepped in, and uh, we're going to go ahead and steam right ahead, full steam ahead on this one. So Purdue basketball kicked off their exhibition season uh, last night against Truman State. This was the first game that we were actually able to watch. Purdue had previously had what they call a secret scrimmage uh, against Cincinnati that they had won. Uh, but this one was on Big Ten Network Plus. Um, Ryan, I know you and I both shelled out the, the 995 or whatever it was to watch this on Big Ten Plus. Uh, what did you think of the game against the Truman Bulldogs? For sure. Um, so... The first thing you notice is Zach Eady towers over a D2 team. Yeah. It's not particularly close. I believe he had eight inches on the next tallest player for yeah, Truman I, State. Yeah, I think that's true. I think their tallest guy was 6'8". Yeah, and it was quite noticeable. <laughs> yeah. He went out there and looked like Kareem for <laughs> the majority of his minutes. But he also looked like he beat up over the offseason actually the entire Purdue team seemed like they decided to hit the weights 
and looked just beefy and physical that sometimes you're not used to seeing. There were a couple guys, uh, primarily Waddell and Lawyer, who still have those skinny legs, but they're jump shooters. You understand, but this looks like a physically imposing team, and that's something that not always has been the case under Coach Painter, but you look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I mean, Edie played a, just a fantastic game. 16 minutes, 8 of 9 from the field, 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Only wound up playing 6, I mean, in 16 minutes, he had 23 points and 7 rebounds to go along with 2 blocks. Um, as you said, 8 eight inch height difference between him and the tallest player on Truman State. So, you can't really get take a whole lot away from a lot of the a lot of the play in this game. I mean, it's similar to when Purdue football played Indiana State. You know, you got to take the level of competition into account. Um, but from Purdue's perspective, no one played more than twenty minutes. Um, Braden Smith, freshman, true freshman point guard, played twenty. Brandon Newman played twenty, and Caleb First played twenty. Um, and there was no one who I really thought looked bad in the game. Um, the three point shooting from a lot of the starters was problematic. Um, I mean, you look at the starting lineup, Purdue was 3 of uh, 16 uh, from distance, but, you know, some other folks on the bench carried that a little bit better. Trey Kaufman ran in his first game uh, as a Boilermaker, coming off that red shirt was one, one for one. Brandon Newman seems to have found his shot again. Uh, he was two for three. And uh, newcomer in his sixth year at uh, in college basketball, David Jenkins Jr. was three of four from deep, so he wound up with twelve. And I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, could use some work defensively, but definitely slotted into the offense uh, very well. Was there anybody who, as you watched, stood out to you, whether that be a newcomer or returner, who who had a pretty solid game or surprised you? So it wasn't. It was a surprise in that this player didn't score, but Braden Smith just looked like a true point guard. He was able to pass and just command an offense in a way that sometimes you're not used to seeing, especially last year, where Purdue would just have Jaden Ivey get the ball, go score the ball. Whereas um, Smith, Smith is just a true point, and he's a game manager. And you're going to see his shots start to fall. He's too good of a recruit not to, but it's his first college game, his first true college action. He's got to get his legs under. You'll see improvements going forward. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I thought the same thing about Fletcher Lawyer. I mean, he played 18 minutes, also in the starting lineup. Um, you know, Painter starting two freshmen is uh, a rare occurrence. He was only one of seven from the floor, but he also had um, six assists against zero turnovers. So that was an impressive feat right there. Wound up with just three points, but, you know, as you said, first game uh, as a freshman, granted it was an exhibition, but, you know, stepping onto the floor for your first college game in front of a crowd um, has really got to make you a little bit more nervous uh, than you have been in a little while. Um, so I, I thought the two of them did a lot of good things. The stat sheet might not have been bursting with numbers for them, um, but I thought they looked good, and I thought there were some definite good things. Uh, I want to, again, mention Brandon Newman. We know he, he played so well his freshman year. Everybody thought he was going to be kind of a rising star on the team. And then last year, of course, his struggles have been well documented. But he stuck around, you know, went through a what I'm sure was a difficult season, hard offseason, put in the work, 
and you see him come in the game, and he had uh, a real quick mid-range jumper right after he came in, and overall was 5 of 9 from the floor, 2 of 3 from deep with 1 for 1 from the line, and grabbed 5 rebounds. I thought he just looked like his old self again, and if that is the case, he's just another weapon that Painter can really utilize, whether that be off the off the bench or if he does regain the starting role um, that he had for most of his freshman year. Either way, that's a great addition for this Purdue team. Absolutely, and with Newman's shot, it just comes off of his hand so clean. It He looks like a true shooter, and it's so nice to see him get back to that. I know he wasn't starting last night, but I think that's more so Coach Painter wants to get his young guys out there, get them acclimated to the environment, whereas Brandon Newman and David Jenkins could easily be the starters. This team is very deep, it seems, this year, mm -hmm. especially when you have Caleb First and Trey Kaufman-Wren are the bench uh, for our bigs. It looks very promising with how Dean is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Trey Kaufman-Wren. I thought he was incredibly impressive. Um, played 17 minutes, 6 of 7 from the floor, 1 for 1 from 3, and it was just a beautiful stroke of a shot. Um and he he grabbed a total of six rebounds, no turnovers, and he was a guy who I know a lot of people were excited for when he committed. Of course, did the red shirt last year, um, and it looks like it paid off. You know, he looks healthy, um, he looks he looks fast, he looks strong, and he is a guy who I'm really excited to see what he can do against some big competition. Um, I don't even think we mentioned the score of this game, but that's really the least of your worries in an exhibition game against the D2 squad. Uh, Purdue won 102-57, to um, and the game really, after about six minutes, maybe seven of the first half, was never really in doubt, never really a question. So to see Purdue take advantage uh, of their their size, of their strength and speed, and really leave no doubt, even though, again, it's an exhibition game, it's a D2 opponent, um, was really great to see, but it was also really great to uh, just see basketball in Mackey Arena again after the long off season. So I know you watched this game off. Obviously, um, you're not in West Lafayette either. Um, so you watch this on Big Ten Plus. What did you think of Big Ten Plus? Because I have some thoughts. Yeah, it's well documented that Big Ten Plus has issues. I think they did better for this game. However, there were a couple of times when the feed just dropped due to technical difficulties. But for an exhibition game, I understand, especially when several of your teams are up ones, you can't put all of those on TV. But I like being able to at least have some way to access the game. So I guess that's a plus. No pun intended. I was going to say it's a Big Ten plus, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I come down on your side. Obviously, you know, the production quality leaves a lot to be desired, but it is mostly students doing it, and so I'm not going to quibble with with that. You know, uh, I would have loved to have been able to go and call a game, um, you know, as a student when I was there. Um, unfortunately, that was just not an opportunity. And so I, I thought the announcers, I mean, they did a decent job. You know, they struggled here and there. They They made a few mistakes, but... You know, as a college student really trying to get your foot into the door into the industry, I thought they they were doing as best they could. And the production, I don't know why they don't um, put more effort into the production. I mean, because it's clear, like, it's not well lit. There's no, like, breaks for commercials. They just leave it on a steady shot of the floor. 
Um, but you know, it is what it is, and it's probably the it's the only way we're going to be able to see these games. So you got to take the good with the bad. Um, Purdue will have another game on there in the first week of December, so you will have to pay for another month of Big Ten Network Plus. But you know, as you said, it's the only way we can really watch these games. So I will take that uh, versus the alternative. So. Uh, any other final thoughts about Truman State? That you can't take away really too, too much from these games, as we well stated. But you're just so happy to be back and have Matt Proud and Mackie. Shout out to the paint crew. I know oh. they were rocking from everything you saw online. Yeah. So they came full force, and that's what you need. Yep, yep. Always shout out to the paint crew. Uh, some of the best experiences I had in college were, were with folks in the paint crew. So always love them. Great to see them back in Mackey, uh, being loud as always. So that is going to be it for exhibition season for Purdue. Um, real season starts next week. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, we're going to take a break, come back, talk about Purdue's upcoming game against the Iowa Hawkeyes. We'll be right back. This summer, don't be left without air conditioning. Call Care Heating and Cooling and get on a care plan to protect your family. With a care plan, you get system maintenance and priority service in case of emergency, giving you peace of mind. Plus, a well-maintained air conditioner runs more efficiently and saves you money. At Care, their service technicians are paid to fix your AC, not sell you a new one. And their award-winning team is available seven days a week. Call Care today at 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. So as promised, we're going to talk about Purdue's game against Iowa. So this is the beginning of a four-game stretch for the Purdue football team where if they want to win the Big Ten West, they have got to win these next four games. Obviously, the game against Illinois, which is next week, is going to be the most important um, because Illinois is the, is the division leader right now. Uh, they're looking like the team to beat. They're ranked. Uh, Purdue is not. They've they've had great success in conference season, minus that hiccup against IU. Um, but that game loses a lot of its luster and a lot of its importance if Purdue does not take care of business against Iowa. Um, Iowa, of course, this season known as one of the worst offenses in the nation, yet also one of the best defenses in the nation. Um, so, Ryan, I know you've you've looked at uh, some stuff on Iowa for us. What can you tell me about this Iowa football team? Yeah, as you mentioned, offense, bad. Defense, good. <laughs> the Iowa offense puts up about less, less than 250 yards total of offense a game. That is Not so ideal, bad. And only 155 a game through the air. Ooh it's almost a fireable offense for their offensive coordinator. If he wasn't the son of the head coach. Nepotism may be real in Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way, no way that guy lasts this long in this job if his name is, you know, Brian Jones. Exactly. Um, You look at the offense for Iowa, and 
they do not have any bona fide stars. Their three leading receivers are Nico Regani, Sam Laporta, who's actually a tight end, and Arlen Bruce the fourth. Those three combined for just under 800 yards of Spencer Petrus's 1,200 yards, and those three combined for one touchdown through the air, Oof. which is a third of Petrus' touchdowns this season. That is so embarrassing. Through eight games, through eight games, they have three receiving touchdowns. I just, I can't remember an offense that has been this bad. Um, I, it, it almost seems like you have to try to be this bad. So to give you an idea, uh, for the Iowa schedule and what they've done so far on offense this year, I'm just going to run down the schedule real quick. South Dakota State, they won, but they only scored seven points. Versus Iowa State, they lost, only scored seven points. They beat Nevada, scored 27. Beat Rutgers, scored 27. Lost to Michigan, scored 14. Lost to Illinois, scored 6. Lost to Ohio State, scored 10. And then really absolutely uh, set the barn on fire this last week when they played Northwestern. Uh, they won 33-13, to and that was their best uh, offensive output uh, of the season. So just looking also, I mean, you look at these numbers and it's just, you have to point them out. They're, they're uh, high passer for some of these games. Uh, in the Iowa State game, Petrus had 92 yards. In the game against Ohio State, Petrus had 49 yards. Uh, I mean, it's just so ugly. So ugly. Coincidentally, the Iowa defense has as many touchdowns as Spencer Petrus has thrown this year. Wow. So you also mentioned the South Dakota State game. They won seven to three. They didn't score a touchdown. That's right. Next yeah. seven came from two safeties and a field goal. I forgot. I'd forgotten all about that, which really this, is is pretty impressive to get a seven that way. It really is. And this offense just doesn't know how to capitalize. The best Iowa offensive player is actually probably their punter. Yeah. Yeah. In Corey Taylor. Yeah, the um the Iowa Sports Blog Nation is uh Blackheart Gold Pants and they've changed their name on Twitter uh to Blackheart Gold Punts because they know At least you're yeah, you're steering into the skit at that point. Exactly. So good yeah. for them. Yeah, they know who they are right now. Um so it's just it must be so tough uh for them. So it, it's hard to watch for everybody. But the only thing I have to fear, obviously, is the Iowa defense. Um, Purdue has not faced the defense as good as Iowa's this year. They've got playmakers all over the field. As you said, they've got as many touchdowns as the Iowa offense. So that gives you a little bit of pause because as of late, AOC has had a bad habit of, of throwing the ball to the opposing team. So you don't want to give them any opportunities to get on the board uh, on the defensive end. So uh, they've got a good... You know, they don't really have a weakness on defense. They're good on, good against the pass, good against the rush. And depending on the weather, uh, that could impact how Purdue plays on offense. We've not historically done well in the rain under Jeff Brom, um, and it can really stymie our offense. So you do that up against uh, a really, really good defense. I am a bit worried about the Purdue offense getting on track. Um, so do you have any big fears about this Iowa defense and what Purdue can do? 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, they're giving up 170 passing yards a game and about 95 rushing yards a game. So it's a very stout defense. What they'll do is they will play press coverage and they will force you to dink and dunk your way down the field without making a mistake. They really want you to, they want to come and say, okay, you cannot get behind the sticks and you have to make consistent gains on offense. And they are good at disrupting and making that impossible. So they have two players, Joe Evans and Lucas Van Ness. Both have four sacks on the year. And this team forces 13 turnovers so far this season compared to only 12 touchdowns given. They play strong. They look for the ball and they take it away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be quite the challenge for the Purdue offense. Um, my hope is that the Purdue defense can really carry a lot of the load because they, as we said, they're going up against one of the worst uh, defenses or one of the worst offenses in the country and their offensive line is not very good. So my hope is that, um, and Petrus does not do well when he's flushed, when he's hurried, um, when he's forced out of the pocket. So the Purdue defensive line has done a decent job of getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, we might have to scheme for it a little bit every now and then, uh, but we've done a good job of getting some quarterback hurries. So if we can do that, um, you know, I, I think it'll put the offense in a much better position. And over his time at Purdue, Jeff Brom is actually 4-1 and one against Iowa, and I'm hopeful that um, given the rigidity of the Iowa defensive coordinator, you know, he's got a plan, he's going to stick to it, uh, that Purdue can go ahead and take advantage of those short passes, use the accuracy of AOC, and just kind of put some slow, long drives uh, together and ultimately score enough to win this game, which, I mean, based on the, the Iowa offense, may be, you know, 14 or 17 points. Right, and... I. I think this may be the bread and butter game for a player like Payne Durham, who excels at getting that six-yard curl from Aiden O'Connell and turning around and running. The turning around and running part may be a little bit on the uh, slower side because, like we said, these players get to the ball. But just that dink and dunk and consistent ball movement down the field is what you're going to have to look for. And that's without our favorite receiver gifted to us from Iowa. We'll see if he can take the top off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what we really hope. I mean, as you said, Payne Durham will be a real weapon here for Purdue. Um, probably Mockaby leaking out of the backfield will also be uh, pretty important. But Purdue has to find a way to take advantage of holes in the Iowa defense, take what the defense gives them, which I know is a horrible cliche, uh, but it, it, you know, cliches are cliches because they're true. Um, so Purdue has to continue to find ways to exploit uh, what the Iowa defense allows them to do. And in the past, as I said, Jeff Brom four and one in his career against Iowa, and I'm very hopeful that he can do it again this week. So with all of that said, um, I, it's time to go on the record. Ryan, this is your uh, first podcast here. So what I'm going to need you to do is, is give your final score, who's going to win. Um, and we also like to give our prediction on what Charlie Jones is going to have. Um, and this one is particularly important, of course, because Jones came over from Iowa uh, after being rarely used. So this could be a bit of a, a, a revenge 
uh, game for him just to show, hey, this is what you could have had uh, for those last two seasons. So uh, what do you think Purdue going to win? What's the score? And what do you think about Charlie Jones? So I have Purdue covering four and a half and the over hitting. I have it at 27 to 16. 27, 16. All right. Now, what do we think, Charlie Jones? We got to do catches. We got to do catches, yards, and touchdowns. Chuck Sizzle will go eight catches, 113 yards, one touchdown. Okay, did you say Tyrone Tracy getting one as well? Did you say eight catches? Eight catches. Okay, all right. So I actually had to answer some questions from the Iowa blog, so I'm already on the record with my prediction. Uh, remarkably mm-hmm. close to yours. I said 27 to 14. Um, so I do think the Iowa offense will continue to struggle. And I do think this could be a game where Charlie Jones just, you know, a bit of an FU game because it mm-hmm. must have been incredibly difficult um, to be in that Iowa offense and really feel like you could do better, feel like you could do so much more and just feel like you've wasted two years of your career. And then suddenly you go you know, you show up at Purdue and you're getting just as many yards and catches as the previous, um, you know, all Americans that were at Purdue before you. So it's got to be a bit of a, like, I told you I could do this and now look at me doing it. I mean, you compare Charlie Jones seasons, uh, season this year to David Bell and Rondell Moore. Um, Moore had 66 catches. Bell had 72 at this point. Charlie Jones has 72 uh, mm-hmm. Rondale Moore had 761 at this point, David Bell, 967, Charlie Jones, right smack dab in the middle with 840. As far as touchdown catches, Moore had eight, Bell had five, Charlie Jones ahead of both of them at nine. So he is having an incredible season. And I think playing against Iowa is going to be a little bit more of an oomph for him. So I'm going to say that he has uh, another great game. I'm going to go 10 catches. I'm going to go 120 yards and two touchdowns. So I think he's going to he's gonna go off, uh, and this is going to be a great game for him. And this will set up, I mean, if we're right and Purdue wins this game, it's going to set up a huge matchup uh, in Champaign, Purdue versus Illinois. Uh, possibly college game day has teased they might go to that game should both the teams keep winning. So uh, that would be pretty great. But, you know, I'm just I'm looking forward to some football at noon on FS1. Uh, on Saturday, Purdue versus Iowa. This one, of course, at ross Aid Stadium, so we need a good crowd. Uh, hopefully the weather does not impact them too much, but other than that, I'm really looking forward to some football. All right, Ryan, really? you did you did a good job on your first one. I think we'll we'll probably have you back. I think you, you passed the probationary period. Uh, now, now the problem is it's on me to edit this and make sure it gets up, so now I can no longer blame Casey uh, if things go poorly on the editing side, so now it's all on me. All right. All right. Thanks, man. We'll see you next time. Boiler up. Hammer down.